the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Oh, welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Lots to talk about. I don't really worry about the day-to-day numbers on the market. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I I don't like the big down or big up days. And I, some, some of those days I'll go, oh, we're up big or oh, we're down big. I don't want to get into how much we're down and why you should go to bed in a fetal position crying. I don't want to get into how much we're up and how you should sell everything and, and buy your own island. It's not my thing. Um... 800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pulled up Boeing stock quote in large part because I was trying to figure out why the market was down bigger than the Dow Jones and the Dow Average was down bigger than other markets. And it, it kind of showed me that they're down a lot. So they're probably dragging down. I can go to the big board and see out of the 30 stocks, which are up and down. But that's not the point of the segment. The point of the segment is one of the things that I noticed when I pulled up the chart of Boeing is that in the lower right corner, there's a performance outlook. Short-term, green arrow up. That's two weeks to six weeks. Mid-term, six weeks to nine weeks, green arrow up. Long-term, nine months plus down. I hate things like that. If you can make it too simple for the average person, you can basically arm them with a, a gun that they can do a lot of harm to themselves with. I don't like it at all. When you see something like red light, green light, it's it's too basic. And this is your money. This is your investments. This is your retirement, probably. So it really, really bugs me to see something oversimplified. If I could buy a stock that said short-term green light up, I'd be like, okay, okay. Now, that may give me an idea on a stock, but I'm going to do a lot more work than just that. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Because, like, listen to this. On Boeing, I just gave you the short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Now, if you take a look at what people's expectations are on the short-term, they're down. (laughs) So, those two are already in conflict with one another. A technical analysis of the stock looks positive, whereas people's gut instinct says, oh, not my kind of thing. So be careful. Information sources can get you into a lot of trouble. One thing that I I keep coming back to and just keep sticking in my head, I'm having a great financial year. My bottom line is awesome. It's moving higher. Somehow I managed not to lose my job in COVID, and I saved a little bit more money, which is weird because it was on restaurants, right? So I budget readjusts that way, of which, for the record, I'm getting kind of back to my budget, my original budget, my pre-COVID budget. Um, I've kind of replaced restaurants with maybe a little bit of food waste in groceries. So I can't quite fine-tune it for the long term, but I'm getting there. 
anyway, um, one of the lingering side over hangover kind of effects that we're going to see, it's not going to be smooth. When you hear this, this piece of research that I'm about to throw out at you, you got to know it's not going to be smooth. 20,000 to 25,000 retailers announced are predicted to close in 2020 as the coronavirus pandemic accelerates industry upheaval. I've seen it. I've already seen two of my local restaurants that were legends. Typically, legends in restaurants are either amazing food or not so good. And by not so good, it's kind of like an old... Old-fashioned steakhouse that, well, it's not so good, but everyone knows it because their parents went there or something like that. So 20,000 to 25,000 closures this year. Um, previously, a couple of weeks ago, CoreSight, which is a big research firm, um, they said it was going to be 15 to 20,000. 15,000. So now they're up to 20 to 25,000. To say that getting our hands around COVID-19 has been tricky at best would be silly. It's been a problem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Corsite so far has said about 4,000 closures by retailers. Um, so it's climbing from 4,000 up to 20,000, is what they expect. And these stores, you know, differ like Golden Clay, like Pure One Imports, um, L Brands, GNC, the vitamin chain company, which for the record, my opinion on vitamins, I know you're saying, shut up, shut up, don't give me health advice. No, I'm giving you financial advice on this one. Um, most vitamins, I, I just kind of wish you'd get through food and vegetables. Um, it's a multi-hundred billion dollar industry for a lot of times yellow urine. I know you're saying, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You don't believe in multivitamins. I do. Not a lot of science that your body can absorb them and use them. Listen to this. You know, um, the small man, the average man doesn't really stand a chance against the market. I almost disagree now because we've gotten the cost out and the small guy could kind of say things. I'm worried about the jobs numbers. I'm worried about the store closures. I don't go full in in investing. I don't have that gambling mentality. Am I a 100% investor right now? Yeah. Um, but am I panicked about it? Or am I nervous? Sure. I, I can see the jobs like bother me or the retail closings bother me. But Robinhood traders are cashing in the market comeback that billionaire investors have missed. There's a good story out there today. And again, just maybe this shows that you can be nimble. I'd be careful. But Nimble's good. One 26-year-old Robinhood trader made $1,500 in less than 24 hours betting on a beaten-down airline stock. While many so-called experts warned about buying into an overvalued stock market that was bound to tumble again due to the coronavirus pandemic. <clears throat> so this 26-year-old guy, he deserves to be on CNBC just as much as a lot of people deserve to be on CNBC, which is what I'm trying to tell you is that CNBC trots out too many gurus. The show that drives me the freaking, freaking craziest is their um, um, Fast Money. Because they come on and they're like, okay, well, I expect this stock to pull back another 15% from these levels. Well, Tesla is definitely going to go a little bit higher from these levels before it could possibly top out. So they have kind of a monotone drone to them. 
And if these guys had report cards on everything that they said in the last year, they, they would look awful. Now, I don't think that's fair to say, let's do report cards. Because that's you get into a, a, a people see what they want to see thing. But I would not – too many people talking and too many ideas that appeal just to you and too, some ideas that repulse you that should be the good idea. But I'll talk a little bit more about Robinhood. Robinhood's that app, and they're doing something that kind of makes me a little mental. They're debuting different stocks, which are kind of like story stocks at the time. Like, hey, you can buy one-tenth of one share of this company. You're like, okay. Um, but the thing – I don't mind buying one-tenth of one share. I think that's awesome. I mind uh, some stock being pushed up to the top of the headline news of the day, if that makes sense. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. At a very young age, let's see, I don't even know how old I was. I want to say maybe 10. And an older brother pulled me into his room. No, he didn't hit me. No, nothing got weird. He played a band for me. <clears throat> he introduced me to Deborah Harry and Blondie. He introduced me to, and he, he thought it was so cool, a, a woman doing rock and roll. I mean, it was pretty groundbreaking coming out of, he was a hippie, by the way. Coming out of his hippie music, he was starting to switch to alt, alternative rock and roll. And one of the bands that he showed me was The Clash. Uh-huh. It's actually talked about a different song, but kidding. should I say or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know, should I stay or should I go? I was talking with CFP Chad Burton yesterday about the stock market. Should we stay or should we go? Have we had such a run? Should we leave some recent winners on the table and see raise a little bit of cash? Should we sell some losers into the strength so we have a little bit of cash? Is there any thinking difference? Now, again, what financial planners do versus what the individual does is a massively different over, over, uh, uh, order, I guess, is the right way of saying it. It's, it's over compensation of, like, you can't mess this up. So his strategy is going to be a little bit more intelligent than should I leave some on the table. But should I stay or should I go? Should be a question that's going through your head every day right now. Um, I was talking to my producer, half my age, and he said, you know, next time, Rob, the market goes in the tank. Next time, I'm in. I'm going all in because I saw how crazy your people are that you brought the stock market back from the depths of despair in 45 days or less. I'm like, yep. <laughs> it used to take 90 days, and when it took 90 days, the producer's like, yeah, I'm going to buy totally all in next time it crashes. And previous to that, I was like, oh, it always takes 180 days. You'll be back in 180 days. And I thought with the depth of this one, it would take a little bit longer, but nope. We send out the stimulus bazooka. There's a game called Doom that every good man who's over the age of 
15 and under the age of 60 has probably played or seen Doom or should have seen it or knows what it's all about. Basically, it's like a space station. Sometimes it's Mars and you have a shotgun and boom, it's mega violent and mega fast. But there's a gun in it called the BFG. It's the big mm, gun. So you got to figure out what the F means in there, but you get the idea. It's the financial bazooka of video games has come to the stock market. It's a BFG of stimulus. Uh, Maybe I could call it BFS. I don't know, but it's there. And it's brought the market back from the edge of despair faster. And that's what the thing I'm getting at is you can't sit on the sidelines and say, I'm going to wait this one out or or even take a week to make a decision that you could take in a day. Things are moving faster. You have to see the signs and you have to be, be prepared for it. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are described in the last book of the New Testament. <laughs> I love Donald Trump. He gave the best answer when the reporter said, uh, what's your favorite book? He goes, the Bible. And he goes, the New Testament or the Old Testament? He goes, both. <laughs> They're pretty different books, but neither here nor there. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are described in the last book of the New Testament of the Bible. It's the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. To John of Patmos, 618. <laughs> chapter Corinthians 2. The chapter tells of a book or a scroll in God's right hand that is sealed with seven seals. And uh, that's about as deep, in deep to it as I can get. Uh, my biblical knowledge is not as strong as it could be or should be as far as stories go. But there's the four horsemen who can do something about the Christian apocalyptic vision to end time and the four horsemen you know we all have kind of seen we all have kind of known you know war is one is the white horseman um the red horseman is you know civil war versus you know disease and plague and um there's a black horse and a white horse and like it's pretty dramatic stuff we kind of have that on the stock market right now Our four horsemen who are leading us out of the apocalypse. Oh, I see where you're going. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Kind of market media guru or market media financial help expert. But the ones that really get me are the ones that are tied towards your emotions and the ones that are tied towards getting you rich or, and see, this is one where I'm, like I said, I'm going to look like a jerk. The financial media people who are tied to making you feel better about the planet. I'm not dealing with that. You're never going to hear me say, break up with your bank. If you don't like your bank, move on is what you're going to hear from me. You're never going to hear me talk about quantum money. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to put a holistic spin on things. I don't think you really want that from me. I won't say things like, you are personally invited to learn and express your activism on saving the planet with your banking resources, your values, the future you want to create. It's amazing. It's magic. Like I'm not going to be that guy. I get it. 
I get that there's a new economy. I get the millennials want to put their money where their mouth is uh, socially if they can do it. I want to get maximum leverage to get into retirement. And I'll give you the opposite of instead of the holistic approach. If I look at a financial statement and it looks good to me, the company has cash, it's got no debt, it generates cash, it generates revenue, its margins are solid, they're not deteriorating over time. Okay, that's a good looking company. And if you were to tell me that company, it, 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 and then like put some sort of horrible image, like it kills babies, that company, um, it, it oppresses people, that company, they make cigarettes that cause cancer. I'm like, I'm in. You mean this company I can buy publicly because they make little cancer sticks that people intentionally put in their mouth again and again and again and again? Okay, I'm not that evil. But you get the idea. I'm not into the holistic, like, make you feel lovey-dovey. I want you to buy great companies. Here's a company that I own that I don't freaking fracking understand. Apple. It's my largest personal holding. Um, they're up eight bucks today, up 2.3%. Google's up 16 bucks, up 1.1%. Amazon's up 72 bucks today, up 2.8%. So Amazon's beating Apple. Get this. Facebook's up 3%. It's in at 238. Netflix is up 10, up 2.4%. So those big boys, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Netflix, Apple, they have been the stocks of the 21st century. They continue to be. So Apple's up and I own it. And I don't know why it's up. I'm looking at the news today. And I, okay. Uh, first and foremost, Apple trades at 25 times uh, next year's earnings. That's a hot, That's a lot. Amazon, 26. Microsoft, 22 times. Facebook, 18 times. Google, 16 times. Surprisingly, out of those five companies, Google's the value. These five companies represent 45% of the NASDAQ 100. They're having a good day. The NASDAQ should have a good day. Now, didn't you say, Rob, it's the NASDAQ 100? I said the NASDAQ 100. You're right. But it's five companies that equal 45% of it. So market-weighted indexes frustrate me. Sadly, I own um, four of those five stocks. And I'm frustrated. I don't like this. I don't like that break. I don't like the unsteadied march. So, yeah, something may have to be taken off the table. Some haircuts have to be done when I start feeling uncomfortable. Losses in the stock market today across the board would be greater if it wasn't for these five cap mega cap marching endlessly. And Netflix, I don't even include in that as far as cash flow goes. These are amazing. I mean, these are, there's no, I can't find a reason why they're up. And I'm focused on Apple. Okay. So let me continue with Apple. Okay. Um, their next earnings isn't until July 20th. And it's probably not going to be great. They've told us that. Um, then they get the virtual worldwide developers conference, which usually is held on their campuses or in San Francisco. That's June 20th. That's when we're going to start seeing some new, new stuff, new software. We could start extrapolating what we think the hardware is going to be looking like. Um, so June 20th, there's okay. So there's an announcement in about 10 days. They, there's a rumor out there that the iPhone 12 production could begin in July. That shouldn't drive that stock up 2%. That's not that great of a rumor. It's not like, Oh, they've got this new sleep um, phone that puts you to sleep in five minutes or less. 
Um, they got a new uh, watch that tells you if you have a fever or not. They have a new, like, hey, there's nothing really, like, unless somebody knows something we don't. Um, the antenna and the package design, it looks like it was going to be complicated, and maybe this rumor is telling us it's going to be less complicated than we thought. But the wording of a leak out of China says, you know, the production goes into effect next month. Um, will they be producing all the models? Did they fix one of the three models that they're going to be showing us? Is the iPhone SE going to do all that in a bucket of chicken? Is it going to have rounded edges? Is it going to have glass edges? Is it going to be made out of titanium? We don't know. But that shouldn't be enough to push that stock up eight plus bucks. In my opinion. Um, so let's go further into the news. Okay, all-time high with the guys, Amazon, Apple, Google, uh, Microsoft. So, okay, maybe there's a little group thinking. Then you see um, a report that came out yesterday. A Bloomberg report suggests the company is getting ready to allow for payment of certain products with monthly installments using its Apple Card. I have used my Apple Card a lot more in the last 100 days than I thought I would. Um, but that's... Is that enough? The fact that if you can't afford an iPad or an iMac, that you can now finance it over the next year, maybe with zero percent interest, maybe that gets a little bit of market share, but it doesn't get them a lot of interest going. Like, okay, then you're gonna have to start factoring in some defaults and things like that. But they'll probably protect themselves if they put you on a payment plan. They'll probably say, well, then now you have to buy the contract that says, you know, if it's lost or broken, we'll replace it for two years at 200 bucks or whatever it is. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Now, when Apple's having a good day, I like looking underneath them. I can't figure out really the reason why they're having a good day. Other than they're a glamorous, sexy name for a lot of people. But then you can look at a Synaptics, you can look at a Cirrus Logic, you can look at a Skyworks. One of my favorite names right now is Broadcom and Qualcomm. Guys that make the semiconductors that go into the next Apple phone. Last week we were talking about 5G, this week we're not, so I don't get last week was the better of the two weeks to rally. So you dig for this kind of stuff. You try to figure out what what the story behind the story is. And I'll tell you, it's they're a premium company and they're getting a premium valuation. I see them going higher. I, most analysts see them going higher at this point in time. They're melting up. They're taking, they've got cash to buy back their shares. 360 is a price target that I see a lot right now. It's at 341. And sometimes, do you remember when Apple was $700, $800 billion? I said, it's going to go to a trillion. You know why it's going to go to a trillion? Because a trillion is a big round number and people wanted to go there. And we'll put that push in to get it there. And sure enough, it was a big push, like 850, 900 billion, 950. Woo! We hit the. the. So I don't like what I'm seeing because it doesn't make sense. Again, Facebook up 3.3%. Isn't this rally over? And no, it's happy days are here again. And if you own those five stocks today, look at your portfolio. Oh, remember earlier in the show when I was talking about a Boeing? And how you can pull up a chart of Boeing and it can show you like the short term, the midterm, the long term. Short term being the next two weeks to six weeks, it looks like it's positive. The midterm being the next six weeks, nine weeks, it looks positive, green arrow up. Um, so this is for Apple. Their short, mid, and long term are all looking up. A lot of optimism there. Beautiful looking chart. Holy mackerel. I just pulled up the chart of Apple and um, 
if you want to see a double bottom, it kind of looks like a W in a chart. You can kind of see it. That was almost a screaming signal when it started moving back up at 241. Now it's at 341. So the last month and a half has created a 100-point return in Apple. Dividend yield of just 1% right now. It's gone so far, so fast. Very premium valuation. I'm not here to tout it. I own shares of it. I don't like what I'm seeing today. Um, Macy's has secured funding. I hate that story. I don't want you to buy Macy's in large part because I'm trying to be your friend. When you're hearing about a company struggling for cash, that's never a good thing. Sonos stocks, they make expensive speakers that are wireless. They've been making them for a while. They got a positive mention by Citroen, who's an analyst today on Fox Business. As Apple shares go higher, as Google shares go higher, as Amazon shares go higher, they all three make speakers. They can reach out to someone like a Sonos and say, you know what? I'm just going to buy those guys for just issue a little bit of money. Just print some stocks and give it to them, and they'll be happy and we'll be happy. Maybe that's why they're in play. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and also find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Tesla's in the news today because yesterday they hit a record closing price. The shares have climbed after some data coming out of China said Tesla sales have recovered from the COVID-19 impacts there. Uh, news out of China that things have recovered helps companies like Apple. It helps companies like Tesla. It helps companies um, that do business in China that kind of are known for it, like Nike. Like, hey, Nike is a great company in America, but it's the greatest company in the world when you include China. So Tesla's kind of getting some sales numbers that are good. One analyst, Dan Ives, he's from Wedbush Securities. You'll see him a lot if you pay attention to CNBC or Bloomberg. Um, good analyst, good solid guy, good guy, able to tell a good story tale. He says that he thinks the China growth story is worth $300 a share to Tesla as electric vehicle penetration is set to ramp significantly over the next 12 to 18 months in a more normalized backdrop. He says, mm, probably an $800 stock, but... I can make a case for it to go to 1350. That's kind of nice. It's kind of a $900 stock, and you're kind of giving it a wiggle room of 100 points down, 400 points up. I'll take that kind of wiggle room. I know you're saying tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, but Tesla's in the news also today because someone else has come out and said. Um, it could be problematic with their manufacturing, but someone else has come out today and said it could be my favorite stock of all time, and uh, even currently. You're starting to see the problem with Tesla. Huh? A lot of people have a lot of opinions on it, and many of them are right, no matter how you slice them, dice them, or cut them. A lot, and by that, I'm ultimately saying is. Um, uh, you could say it's too highly valued, and you could see what this, what it just did in a market correction where you're like, whoa, that was a fast fall. Are you comfortable with that? So a Tesla memo indicates possible Model Y quality issues. Now, 
Elon Musk isn't stupid. He knows that when he sends an email out to his employees that it's going to get pushed to the market. Um, it's going to be leaked. Uh, the Tesla Model Y is an important vehicle for Tesla. Sales are ramping up now. Reports of Model Y production problems matter. Um, unless, of course, you're talking about the stock. Tesla CEO sends an email to employees outlining Model Y production, stressing the importance of fixing the problems quickly. Um, it's extremely important for us to ramp up Model Y production and minimize ref- rectification issues. Uh, I want you to know that it really makes a difference to Tesla right now, so says um Elon Musk, again, it's a stock that always feels in the news when we're not like deep in the COVID news. Even then, Musk was able to get some PR out, right? A little bit of sad news. One industry that's not, and again, I, one of the stories I've already done for you is that a big researcher said 20,000 to 25,000 retail stores are going to close in America, and we're kind of right around 9,000 right now. But Here's another bit of bad news. And again, this I'm not trying to taint the stock market, but there's some negative here. I hope there's some negative here. The coronavirus pandemic has caused unprecedented upheaval in the meat supply chain. More than 20,000 meat processing plants workers have contracted the virus. 74 of them have died. That is a high percentage of our society. So the pandemic has caused two major disruptions in the meat supply chain. The first we talked about was shifting consumer behaviors from restaurants and school food to grocery stores. So the meat industry had to say, okay, we're not sending a lot of hamburgers to the Cheesecake Factory to make into cheesecake burgers or whatever they do. I know that's confusing. Um, but if you're not going to your local pub, they're not cooking that local burger for you. That, that impacts these guys because it's a distribution level where maybe like a Cisco stock I like, um, gets the food, grinds it into hamburger, sends it to 50 different restaurants in all the different States. So the distribution got thrown off as we shifted where we needed the food set Another thing that was unimaginable was more than 20,000 meat processing plant workers had gotten sick. So there was disruptions. There was uh, meat that had to be disposed of instead of eaten. So you'd almost say the plant shutdowns showed they weren't really set up for COVID, that they weren't really set up for um, changing how they process the shutdowns have caused wholesale prices to double and livestock prices to drop 20 to 30%. So the meat industry is looking squarely at about $20 million of losses this year. That's big money to that industry. That's nothing to Apple. That's nothing to Amazon, right? Oh, $20 billion. That's nothing but a morning breakfast gone awry. But you throw that in the middle of the United States, and that's a lot of pain for a lot of people. Just throwing it out there. So I talked a little bit about Robinhood, and um, this was interesting because it, 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 there's a, some studies out right now that a lot of Robinhood users were a little bit more savvy and took advantage of the stock market drop. 
So my producer is a younger man, half my age, roughly, right? <clears throat> He's like, you don't like day trading, Rob. And I'm like, uh, I'm not against it. I just it make for a bad show because people would misinterpret information. And I think day trading has to be kind of instinctual. I don't think you want to get a tip on day trading. I don't think that's the way it works. And I think it hurts you when you try to follow that. Um, you can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' nose. You can pick your stocks, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' stocks, right? I'm not against day trading if you're good at it. Um, show me your track record for three years and I'll hire you at six figures. If you could beat the market with day trading after taxes, I'll pay you six figures. I don't think you can do it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.